1980s, within the Sichuan province of China, archaeologists uncovered a treasure trove of artifacts that belonged to a mysterious culture that seemed to inhabit the area around 3,000 years ago. Masterfully worked relics made from gold and elephant tusks were only the beginning of the discovery surrounding the site known as San Shengdui. In the years of excavations that followed, more artifacts, large buildings, and even parts of city walls were uncovered, and yet, historians were puzzled as to what culture had left all these magnificent artifacts behind. A number of perfectly preserved masks were recovered at the site, which had highly exaggerated features including large, distorted eyes and wide, flattened ears. Scientists to this day are still trying to uncover who left these artifacts behind, as there is almost no record of this civilization in recorded Chinese history. Perhaps clues may be locked away in some of the magnificent structures left behind by the powerful emperors of the ancient past. This case file joined the theorists as they crack open some cold ones and stack up their beer mids and explore the legends around the Chinese pyramids. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 225, the fucking goddamn China Pyramids. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. The fucking Chinese Pyramids. Uh, the monthly Ron Pond fan pick. This one, I think this was a clear front runner. Yeah, I think they got it right this one, this time. I think so. I do. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it's received. And then yeah. we decide if they got it right. <laughs> and if it sucks, it's your fault. It's your, your fault. fault. Yeah. It's your fucking As fault. Always. Right on yourself. Do better. Wait, nothing time. we can do. I mean, I put, I just put the choices up there. I said, put them like, up. Put it's the always, up there it's and... always fascinating when any of this stuff pops up in your pyramids. Like it, it's weird to think that when I was, you know, even in my early teens, you said pyramids. I went Egypt. That's it. Yep. That's all you thought. At least that's, that's all it. you thought about then. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like now that you're older, you're like, where the fuck doesn't have a pyramid? I feel like it's easier <laughs> to find places or it's harder to find places that don't have pyramids now, right? Right. Some sort of pyramid structure. I mean, even in North America, we have indigenous pyramid structures, you know, the Bo the famous Bosnian pyramid, the, the granddaddy. I just was reading something today that some guy claims that Canada has Chinese pyramids. I, I seen that headline, but I didn't. Go down that. I hole. went. I went too deep. Yeah, I went too I deep. Oh, so no, I sold them anything. to China. <laughs> Classic, <laughs> right? Well, it's the only like thing they've been else. here all along. <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing left is all we have is fucking Chinese pyramid schemes. But that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You always uh, you always think about the pyramids of Egypt, but as you get more and more into it, yeah, pyramids on every continent. Maybe not all megalithic, like build it, like built pyramids, but pyramids, pyramid structures. It's yeah. and China's an interesting one because it's such um not a lot of information leaves China. We don't we don't know a lot about their inner workings and stuff like that because it's it's a communist country. You know, they they keep that stuff pretty tight to their chest. A little more controlled. So, little more controlled of who, what gets out to everyone. So it it's it's kind of fascinating to think that they have all these 
these pyramid <clears throat> structures, and there's not a lot that we really uh, know about them here in the West. It's crazy because they have to be looking into it themselves. They have, they have to have their own archaeologists, you know, working on this stuff regularly. And the fact that they're able to keep it that airtight is wild to me. Well, they did. They did open the one up, and that's where they found the. Um, or one of the structures near one of the pyramids, that's where they found the, the terracotta army, right? I mean, you have, I mean, they have ex- excavated certain parts of, like we talked about it before, the, the tomb of Qin Shi Huang, the original, the, dragon, the first the dragon emperor, emperor of The terracotta China. armada? Yes. That's the one. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. one of it. And there are other tombs that have similar, like terracotta armies. Like that's not the only one. There are other uh, structures, uh, Pyramid. So it's like, so when we talk about kind of Chinese pyramids or when people refer to the Chinese pyramids, what they're really referring to is the kind of like the, the, the mausoleum structures that are built by mostly, I think it's, you'll find them normally about the, the, there's Qin Shi Huang, which is the most famous one and the biggest one. And then you have other ones in the following the dynasty, the Han dynasty, which followed his. And that would be like their mausoleums as well. And then I think there's there's probably a couple in the Tang dynasty as well. Uh, so those are the kinds of ones Fucking we were talking about. But you, uh, I always remember hearing about the Chinese pyramids when uh, it, it always pops up on uh, everybody's favorite ancient aliens. Like always, I always remember hearing about it and I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. Like, you know, I wish they would go more into this. It's always like, it always seems like they mention it just like in a passing and always kind of like that kind of always kind of graded on me that I'm like, oh, well, like that sounds really interesting. Why don't you talk more about it? And then it would always be like, you get like a, a maybe like a two minute Dragons from the sky, <laughs> come down. Could these dragons have been interstellar beings from another world? <laughs> Jesse Ventura narrating it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so the, the sighting of the first pyramids kind of goes back a while. So the, you have the first real kind of report of these these pyramids, an actual pyramid, is you got one report from 1945 where you had a U.S. Air Force pilot named James Gaussman uh, who was flying a leg of his journey between India and China. Yeah. So did you, like, I, I don't know if you remember hearing about this, but I heard, I think I learned about it in grade 11, but so the route he was taking was called the Burma Hump. Have you ever heard of the Burma Hump? I think it sounds familiar, but yeah. So basically it's got its nickname. Uh, the allied pilots gave it that name. Uh, it was an airlift operation that crossed the Himalayan foothills into China. And apparently it was the army air force's most dangerous airlift route. It was the only way that they could supply the Chinese, uh, forces that were fighting Japan at the time. Obviously it wasn't going well for China. So they had to, um, but apparently this route just like fucking crazy weather, that would just come out of the blue out of nowhere. Like going over it, the Himalayas. So like yeah. just tur- okay. turbulent air. Well, and the and the train too, right? The route had you had to fly right through the the Kali Gandaki River Gorge, which is like a depression much wider and deeper than Grand Canyon. And like the mountains that surround this gorge were like are ten thousand feet higher than most well, planes hold on could fly. One second. Are you are you telling me there's a grander canyon? Apparently, the Grand Canyon is not so grand now, is it? Oh, yeah, what the hell is this bullshit? That's some American propaganda right there. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's pretty wild, though. So he, so he's going through this pretty treacherous route. And like the only reason we're even talking about this story is because like he's going through this route and he starts having engine trouble. So he has to lower the altitude of his plane. And when he does so... He spots this tremendous... What he said was a tremendous 
looking pyramid. And he's quoted as saying it was pure white on all sides. So, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, it recalls imagery of like the pyramids in their original forms. Which it we gives me see, Jumanji like, vibes. Yeah. He's like fucking flying out of the mist, drops down. And <laughs> there's a, all of a sudden a pyramid with the Jumanji jewel on top. So then, uh, in, in a, you know, further on, he elaborates that, that, that there's this remarkable thing was that there was a capstone on the top of this pyramid, a huge piece of jewel like material that could have been crystal. And he yeah, says, there's yeah. And as interesting as it was and fascinating as this, this out of place, it seemed, he said there was no way they could have landed there, although they really wanted to. Um, but they were actually, they were just struck dumb by the, the absolute immensity of this thing. Well, this thing's bigger than the, like bigger than the great pyramids of Egypt. Like much bigger. What he describes it as. Yeah. So then about two years later, after Gaussman's sighting in 1947, you would have U.S. Air Force Colonel Maurice Sheehan, who was flying over a valley near the Chinling Mountains, uh, when he also saw whether another giant pyramid, whether it's the, first, it's the same one or a different one, it's not exactly clear, but he definitely said that he cited a pyramid structure. And this one was actually became... Uh, widely circulated because it was reported uh, in the March 28th edition of the New York Times under the awesome headline of U.S. Flyer Reports Huge Chinese Pyramid in Isolated Mountains Southwest of Cyan. Like, oh. yeah, rolls <laughs> off the tongue. <laughs> so you have um, uh, the New York Times actually published a photo of the supposed pyramid about two days later, uh, which at the time was attributed to Gaussman. So uh, they had like a picture of this just like looking like a, I mean, it looks very much like a pyramid. Like you look at it's, it and you're like, that's, it was pyramidal shape with like a flat top, but it didn't, didn't radiate the bright white as presented by Gaussman. Gaussman yes. Yeah. Or without a, without a jewel on, on top. Yeah, missing no, it, ca- yeah, no capstone. Yeah. It's, it definitely it's kind of like looks a like a pyramid. Top. Right. It definitely looks like a pyramid, but it's not as yeah impressive. And, it, and as, overgrown. Like this is, right. it, it looks like it's been, it's old. It's been, it has forest growth. Um, I mean, I guess if someone plucked the Jumanji jewel off the top, the forest would immediately grow back as uh, there is no more power in the area. <laughs> but it looks as if this has been left alone for a long time that, the, you know, the forest and has come back and... Reclaimed it. Yes, exactly. Reclaimed or, it. That's what I was looking for. Or it's intentionally camouflaged. Well, I mean... that. Yeah, well, intent. I like that, but I mean, all like the par- like the Mesoamerican pyramids, like the Mayans and the Aztecs. All those were pretty much overgrown when they found them as well. Yes, and they were also built in the middle of the central and South right. American jungle. Right in the jungle, <laughs> uh, these were built in like mostly like plain areas, maybe like forested, but not not much. Uh, so. Now, this one that they actually, like the photo that he took and in the area that it was placed in, it was actually later identified as the well-known Maoling burial mound, which is actually the tomb of Emperor Wu of Han uh, who uh, from 156 to 187 BC. And this is actually located in Jinping uh, in the Shangxi province, which is about 25 miles to the northwest of the provincial capital of the area, Xi'an. Um it's an actual structure there, this mausoleum, and its uh, its structure and its form is a, a 
what's labeled as a trapezoidal tumulus built from rammed earth with a rectangular base, which measures 222 by 217 meters. So 728 by 712 feet with a height with a height of 47 meters. So about 154 feet. So that would probably, I mean, it's far from the great pyramid, which is what? 40 stories or something, right? Yeah, but the right. base, the, how big is the base compared to the Great Pyramids? So it is larger. It is, I think that that, not that one, the Emperor Chi, Chin Shi Wong, the one we talked about before, the base is bigger. I don't think that one's as So the actual, big. so. Does the footprint is bigger, but the height is less. Right. So uh, yeah, it's, so can, Compared to the tomb of Chin Chi Wong, like Chin Chi Wong's height is 76 meters, 249 feet. You've got the Pyramid Giza standing at 146.7 meters and uh, 481 feet. And then you have the actual Sun Pyramid of Teotihuacan uh, at 65.5 <laughs> meters, so 214 feet. So it doesn't really like measure up. When, when they originally reported this, I think it was either Gaussman or... Um, uh, either is, is it, I think Gaussman made like a, a like off the uh, off estimate. the top of his head, yeah. Like when he looked at him, he made an estimate of being like a thousand feet or something. Like something he gave some ridiculous number. His doesn't this doesn't add up now. Here, like the, the the Gaussman description doesn't add up to like what you see in this picture. It doesn't. Like it, you're like, nope, this doesn't add up. But if you like, this is one of the things I was looking at when I was looking at this picture, and that I thought about is what if uh, that's the base to whatever or a landing structure to whatever Gaussman saw? Like there was another pyramid structure that sat perfectly on the plateau of that, and that was sitting there with a, a jeweled top when he flew over. So he's just looking down and sees the white crystally looking thing. He doesn't really notice craft. the. the the base or the craft. Well, yeah, what it, whatever it is, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like whatever yeah. was there before is is now not there, and the, what we're seeing left is this pyramid base with the large flat top plateau, um, similar to I was thinking in my head, um, what were those uh, the the things that chicken pizza or the the um, the India India has a lot of them. I can't remember the name. Like of the, like the flying structures. Oh, Viamanas. Yeah, Viamanas. That's kind of what I was, where my brain went to is like, maybe this was some sort of structure that Gossman did see. And he, maybe these are the it, steel dragons they're talking about. Yeah. And then the, whatever it is, his gone, or if it, you know, I'm not going to say it just flew away, but maybe it teleports or, you know, is cross dimensional or, or something like that. And this is just it's, time traveling. Yeah. Or maybe perhaps. Well, maybe well, this is forty-five, right? So probably you know air travel, air travel over the region. That's like a probably a fairly new thing. So a lot, like a lot of times, we get into the Chinese pyramids. Like China's trying to cover them up. They're trying to cover up some history they don't want the world to know about. So may, like maybe they're like they thought that it had been found out upon and they dismantled like the part of the top or something. That's like some of the theories you talk about, like. Maybe they are, a lot of people say like, oh, they're trying to hide a part of their history because it would maybe crumble the one China theory or something. So I think that is a very, that is a very modern thing though, because when we were, the time that the, the, the pyramid was cited that you guys are saying, like we were allies with China, yeah. we were helping them 
fight the Japanese, Japanese who are yeah. occupying their country and doing really bad things. Yeah, we were exploiting. <laughs> like, the I think they'd want to tell us about manufacturing that kind of stuff. And, and about the pyramid. Labor. Yeah, I think they would probably tell us about that if uh, mm. we were we were helping them. <laughs> Probably something we'd want to know about. I, now, these days, perhaps not. So, um, like we talked today. So, uh, yeah, but he, I know. Hold on, I don't know about that. Because what are you going to be like? All right, thank you so much for help. But you know, by the way, we got a fucking pyramid. And there's, yeah, and I don't know built, if you want to know this, but we got a pyramid. We got this aliens. pyramid, and guess what? We can move it through time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, but we're not going to use it to defend our people who are being massacred by the Japanese forces. Well, but here's not use it. But here's the thing: like, say if <laughs> they, they, they made it disappear. Well, but they maybe they don't know it. how. They if it, if it. it's something where it just moves through time, it's not like it's going to be able to help them really. If you're like, okay, good, like we moved it, like well, now where is it? Like we don't know. Or maybe know. those. Hopefully, it those, pops up in fifty years. We don't. We don't know. Maybe those who knew how to use it or knew what it was fucking fled, took off. They're like, look at, we're getting our ass kicked by the Japanese right now. We got a GTFO. Also used by the the elites at the time to escape. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. But let's let's talk about the. So we said Dan Man- mentioned the rammed earth construction. Mm-hmm. So I, I've, uh, I, I've only seen this used one time in my construction experience, and it was not for anything structural. But I know it actually can work very well. You pretty much form something the same way you would before you pour concrete, but instead of concrete, you just dump a mixture of like gravel, sand clay and then some type of like bonding agent i think they actually use like some type of plant material or something and then you just you know one foot at a time and then you just pack it down so solid till it's completely packed and you just keep doing it and then you remove the forms and you have yourself a a concrete wall but it's fucking mud pyramid but yeah but it's pretty like it's a pretty robust construction if you do it right and the like the water can't get into it so I've, I've only seen it used for land, like a landscape wall, which actually looked really cool. But yeah, a, num- a number of the tombs were built in that fashion. So you had like, yeah, they would lay out, like you build it layer upon layer, you know, hundreds of layers on top of each other of just packed down earth, uh, you know, taking people, talk, like talk hundreds about of people a shitty months. job, yeah. Absolutely. just packing dirt all day long. Now I know I know in modern times now we're probably using compactors and stuff to get the like to get a really good thing, but you're telling me that like back then it would just be foot power of someone just stomping handpacker. They have like it was like a, I mean they like have a, it's like they would they they oh. showed it in a couple documentaries. They have actual yeah. like they I mean this is they still use those is, they still use yeah. those for landscaping a lot. It's like a, it's like a heavy weight like, bottom. They, these they, weren't built boom. in the Stone Age. Like these were built during like Imperial yeah. China. Like it, they weren't. They, they knew how to build things. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were building it to hold a lot of weight. On they got, top a, of this they got their own Chinese gin. They just walk around packing that shit down. You got Chinese giants, right? Oh, the giants, yeah. Yeah. It'd be easier. A couple of giants. So you have um you have these ones. So now um if you look at the if you compare to what these areas look like today, there's a big difference and you and you'll notice it. Like we were talking, we just mentioned and we'll we'll talk about it now. But so in the original photo, you see this very bare pyramid. Like the surface is very uh, barren. There's nothing on top of it. It looks like it's just straight up dirt or grass or something like that, just dried up grass. But now they have a bunch of uh, forested overgrowth onto some of the these areas. Like there's, a, you can see there's a lot of trees which are planted in in these. Uh, you know, I guess you could call them suspicious looking rows of looking over these things. So there is some 
and they're, and they're not they're like aspen trees too which is like a really really cypress yeah or cypress cypress or something yeah some really mm-hmm. really fast growing tree it's like mm-hmm. they're planted looks like to be in rows in order to grow and pretty much cover the mounds so there's some rumor that is uh, that perhaps these trees were planted in order to cover these up from the air and they don't want people looking at them because you can see them from on Google Maps. Like you can pick them out on Google Maps. They're, the trees they're there, do nothing. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, technology. so why would they put these trees here possibly? You know, why why even plant trees on top of these? Well, see, they're trying to remove of, their carbon footprint. I Offset the, <laughs> the pollution. <laughs> I, what I was kind of thinking is like in my head, I was like, okay, well, you know, I had two trains of thought. One of the one of them is if this is burial mounds, um, you know, it, you don't want like looters or grave robbers going into these areas and stuff. So it's like you're making you're trying to make them hard to f- be found, but the secret's already out. Like people know, so it's like I don't really understand, especially if it's the, like if it's this packed <clears throat> material, like. It's going to take it's not like you can just like grab a shovel and you're just like all right I'm I'm going to get in there like it, this would be a project to unearth. Well, so I, it it doesn't really <clears throat> it seems very odd to me to take the steps to plant these trees to hide this other than the fact of you you're just trying to take as much attention away from it as possible. That's what I thought. Because like the way the history reads on these is they were they were pretty much like a palace for the afterlife, right? They would build like, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> Fuck. Oh, Omicron. COVID. 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 They would build, like they would build these these underground afterlife mansions pretty much. So the spirit could like wander and live under this mount for eternity. That's kind of what like it read like, right, Dan? Some of them, yes. Like some of them were built this way. Actually, so I mean, to get into it, like actually some of the the, the burial mounds, which we see in pictures and a lot of like, you know, pick and choose which photos they use. Um, some of them are not the ones that exactly we're thinking about. Like they're like the Han dynasty ones were actually built as a form of defense against the Huns. Um, like the Han emperors. Um, if you read up on like the Han dynasty, like that you can kind of get a feel for uh, a lot of them. Like they're very revered <laughs> dynasty in China. And because they did make a lot of like, um, improvements to like the social and, and kind of and, and uh, contributions to like cultural China and things like that. I think they like standardized writing and a whole bunch of like systems of government and law, all this kind of neat stuff. But um, they took like social service and like defense of the empire very seriously. So even when they died, like emperors made it kind of a, a, a tradition to be buried in these mounds, which essentially they built towns around. And then the towns would actually use them as defensive structures for when the Huns would invade it. Cause the Huns invaded like every year. It was like, the seasons, like, 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 like defensive structures, up. like they would go into them or they climb to the top of them or climb, like, to the top, climb to the top ground? of them, use them. Yeah. Use them as like a tower or something like, you know, elevated uh, things. Cause you can see where uh, a lot of, there's like a line of Han, uh, I think it's in Xi'an, but there's like a line of like Han tombs, which mausoleums are all built in that thing. And then around these towns, you'd have like hundreds of thousands of people living in these towns. Like these tomb towns is kind of what they call them. Like, tomb and towns. you would have, the, they, would main, they would maintain the tombs as well as have the obligation to to defend. Like it would be there well, um, to defend from the Huns and other invading 
uh, forces. And it was pretty genius too, because it was all strategic by the emperor at the time, right? Because he would choose, like the people he would send to create these tomb towns were people he saw hmm. as potential rivals. So mm-hmm. be like, here, this is your job. You're going to go fuck off and build this town. And, and you can't not- say no. Yeah. And so they'd have to go and he'd have like, there goes his competition. There goes his potential rivals, people he was worried about. Like it's fucking genius, man. But like, it's cool too, because you're saying like, but they're the, the advances made with the Han dynasty. Like, have you heard of the, um, the, Oh Jesus, what's her name? Like lady, uh, Chinzui, I think her name is, I'm pretty sure. So she was, she's basically like the best preserved mummy that yep. we, we oh, have in history. Right, right. So she died in like 163 BC, which is what was like the end of the Han dynasty, basically. Yeah. Like near Thailand, I believe. Yeah. But they found her body in 1971 and basically like it was so packed well, like and preserved that her hair was still intact, her skin was still soft to touch, still juicy, oh. and her veins still house type A blood. Yeah, what? it was. Yeah, like, it was. Uh, we talked what? a little bit about it on our on the Emperor uh, the the Chinchi Wang episode, but yeah, like the the way um, the, the burial practices of the time were very much like based around like. Uh, they kind of knew what they were doing, but there was always kind of different things. So there's a couple ways they would preserve, they try to preserve the bodies of these nobles and royalty, uh, you know, to last them into the eternal afterlife. So one of them was like, um, I know they, they would make like entire suits made of jade, like little jade plates because they figured like that they, they thought that they had special preservation properties. So you'll see a lot of those. And then, um, but the way that they buried uh, the, the noble lady was like, yeah, they, they wrapped her in 20 layers of silk and then they packed her inside uh, one box. And then there was like four, like four nesting boxes. And then they, they sealed them all with lacquer and then they covered it in uh, like, they put it down into the ground and then inside the pit, they, they, they filled it with charcoal and yeah. then like a type of clay. Wow. And then so it was like completely, <laughs> completely sealed from air and water. And when they pulled her out of there, like, I mean, you can, you can see videos and, and documentaries oh, about it. Like she's like, still juicy. Like she's still like her limbs and touching yeah, her skin. You can see like, the sponginess of her skin. Like you nuts. can see the indents from this gives fingers. me weird. This gives me weird vibes of like, what we do now, like, you know, rumors of like cryogenically freezing, like Walt Disney and shit of like, maybe we can bring them back when things are better. So it makes me think of like, maybe she wasn't completely dead when they put her in these things. <laughs> they preserved well, her well, actually, alive. Actually, some, there were some emperors that there is, there are stories and records that um, not 100%, well, there's, there's evidence to support that some emperors would have they're either servants or concubines sealed in there alive, or they oh, would, they, really? well, they, they'd have them killed not killed, but they'd be like, here, drink this poison. And then we're going to bury you all, with all the I'm, emperor. <laughs> all I'm saying for, on that point is, is that to me thinking about the preservation process, rather than having someone die and then being like, okay, shit, well, we got to, we got to move now and get all this stuff done. It's like, you're, you're, you're going downhill quickly. You know what I mean? Like I, after you die. So it's like, if, if you're put there before you're dead, it kind of makes more sense to me that you, you kind of get it arranged. You put them in there, you seal it, you close it. It's like, we're going to bring you back when we can. Yeah, yeah, but they a- still died in <laughs> fuck 163 BC, man. I mean, they were still pretty, they were <laughs> yeah, still dead. They were fucking dead a long time. Pretty sure they're, they're yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were dead before they put them in there because they were like, I, I don't think that... You'll be okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Unless it's Imhotep. They fucking, they mummified that bastard but alive. He, I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it in the mummy, dude. 
<laughs> but think about this. Hear, hear me out here. Now, if maybe that's one of the reasons why they're trying to go through like of planting and hiding and, and don't want these structures because they don't really want people to take an interest in bringing out, digging out some of these burial mounds because they know they have emperors and, and whatnot so well preserved through some ancient, like ancient ways that we don't know that they're hoping to be reanimated at some point when technology catches that far. Like let's, right. Maybe that's a thing. And that's why they're like, Hey, no, don't worry about it. But like, maybe there's ancient scriptures there that says like, that's the, that's the plan is that these people will be brought back when we're able to, or when the sky dragons come back and we can raise them from the dead. Listen, everything I've seen in Thundercats tells you it's a bad idea. You do not want to bring Mumra back. It's going to be a fucking problem. So circling back to the, the, the tree, the tree issue. Um, when I looked at the trees, my, my first thought was that, um, when I looked at the picture, the original pictures, and then I saw the pictures of the trees, um, I looked up actually like about kind of, you know, so um, if we talked about a little bit in Chichen Itza where, it, where, I, where I think we talked about, uh, or Teotihuacan actually might've talked about it, but it's like, so the structures that you see today uh, are were actually like, that's the stone foundations really. And those tops where there's nothing, um, you know, that is gone or whatever actually would have been covered with like wooden structures, yeah, wood would have been covered yeah. with other, yeah. these colorful colonnades like made of wood or, you know, stuff that probably doesn't, you know, age so well, deteriorate, be gone, whatever. Um, these tombs actually had like, they had a layer of like earth on top of them at some point. And I was reading a couple articles about how, um, you know, dude, you know, as time goes on, you had these villagers and stuff that lived around in the area. And as soon as they kind of like, you know, these emperors and, and their royalty like fell out of favor, you know, they would go up there and they would just like scrape off the top layer and use it for bricks. Like they would use it. It's just like, you know, in Rome, like when Rome fell, a lot of the cities like fell into disrepair and things like this, like people were taking pyramids as well. Like you take pieces off, like you take all yeah. the, the marble, you take everything that's easily like take off to use to build something else. Yeah. So it's there like was that. Stealing copper, copper wire and stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? exactly. yeah for Same. fucking crack just money. like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was just, you know, ancient Roman crackheads, like stealing marble off of temples and stuff. <laughs> uh, so, but so with, with all of that gone, the big problem that you have with a lot of these, um, there's what is the, one of the natural processes that is kind of really difficult to prevent, especially like what's like structures that are kind of angled down weathering and weathering. So like, you know, landslide, landslide, which is a type of kind of avalanche. Erosion. <laughs> so you have, uh, so erosion is one of those natural processes that you have that you have to worry about, especially when preserving these types of sites. And so what's one of the best sustainable natural ways to kind of stave off erosion? Cover it in dirt and plant on it? Yeah, you put trees. Well, like you, trees with yeah, roots. A, yeah, I, you, you would have to, yeah, you would have to put a huge mound of dirt over top of it or else the trees' roots would break through the packed the, earth and and here's foundation. the issue i have with the trees these things were sitting f for how long without the need for trees 
Well, maybe maybe right? that's maybe that's a new a new thing. Maybe like to preserve. It's a newer thing. Like they planted those trees. Like I yeah, yeah I read about it. Right? <laughs> like well, they planted those trees. That's like a it was like a preservation effort. Like when they you know they figured out that these things need to be preserved at some point because you had people scraping the stuff off the top of these. But they figured so did you know, they, for some of these <clears throat> did they go backfill it first? Like where they're going to plant? Like add an extra big layer of dirt and then plant trees. Like they back? added they had some like because like, you can see like some of those places like they've been covered over like with dirt. They look a little bit more. Is that really the, the best way to preserve pictures. it though like because i mean like you're preserving it because you want to keep it and it's magnificent and it's interesting but you're also covering it up and making it look nothing like what it was well you're not worried about what's what's on the top it's more like what's inside it's what's what trapped the best the best way to preserve, preserve it would be to drop a huge glass dome over it sure <laughs> but that's yeah, definitely not the most logistically <laughs> sound just, way to do it to me i'm like <laughs> it, it, it seems strange trees. that for all these thousands of years now it's been sitting there just fine and now they're like we got to plant all these trees we got to plant trees right now fast growing trees we we have to right now i'm like to me i'm like it seems a little it seems a little suspect to me that i'm like they were they there was no issues before that now that there's people are starting to get attention now it's like hey but plant all these trees on them well maybe maybe plant all these trees maybe because they haven't let in very many for like outside scientists maybe they've done their own like scans of it and realized there's something in there that they didn't think was there and they're like oh oh okay. seal it up seal it up close it oh, off that's scary so that that is one of the issues that people take up with this is that the 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 chinese uh, government and like academia are very hesitant to open some of these tombs uh, some have been excavated some have i think um a lot of the more important ones like a lot of the emperor's tombs especially you know chinchi wang is one of the best examples because they haven't totally excavated that on the um, suspicion that there might be this giant, it, it's described and so some people have taken the description of like there's a giant city of flowing mercury with rivers mm. of flowing mercury under it and they've detected uh, oh, you know, like dangerous the levels of mercury underneath there that they don't want to, you know, it would be a task. Similar to, to, to Teotihuacan, they said like to like give the illusion of like space and stuff they would use perhaps maybe mercury, you know, like kind of like that's like a river, like a river under, like in there, eternal underground palace rivers of mercury yeah it looks fucking rad it would look, it would look so, so rad. Rad. super awesome yeah. <laughs> uh, but it would also be super deadly <laughs> it's weird that you have two civilizations spread so far apart that would like be it's weird to have those connections with the both having is it weird for people to look at like flowing metal and think that's not cool so <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, to me, I mean, like, that would be. I mean, that's cool to me. I think. Well, yeah, but not only that, too. We're talking pyramids. We're talking mummification. I'm like, we're talking that they both worship the human animal hybrids. Like, it's there's even, tons there's of shit of, that are even the building style. Yeah, like, like there's so much in common. With like these the, other the Chinese, like these pyramids, even though they're not made yeah. with stones, like, like it's still step ones. style, right? But it's very, it's very Mesoamerican looking with like the very the steps and then the flat, big flat well, top and Egyptian. On. Yeah, Egyptian too. Yeah. Egyptians use step pyramids yep. too. So yeah, it's it is. I mean, I agree, Brad. I think it is like over over different eras of hum, like humanity, people. All, it's like we're meant to build this way. If if we don't share knowledge, it's like we're meant. Like this is you know every time we we're like yeah step pyramid. That's the way to. Is go. there another better way to 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 stack dirt and rocks that will last for a well, really long in time? In a, re, a rectangle would be easier, but probably yeah, it wouldn't last as long. I agree. A triangle is probably a. a Built right, a triangle is a pretty stable 
structure. So there's, yeah. And there's also the, the idea that, um, uh, mountains in, in Chinese culture, ancient Chinese culture were considered sacred. Like these areas that you, it's a very mountainous area, China. Like, I mean, you go to some of these places and they're, the, the scenery is fantastic. Like it's something straight out of a fantasy book. Like it's, it's amazing. Um, but they, a lot of, a lot of these things, um, a lot of their tombs were built to resemble mountains because those are where they believed like, just like Greeks and stuff and other, you know, other places like on top of high from. places, this is where the gods lived or where you could communicate with the, you know, the closest you could be to heaven closer to the sky. And so, um, uh, so there's also this idea that yeah, if, if you look at some of the tombs, like they're 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 very placed and very specific, they're they're, they're spaced and they're they're oriented in very specific ways, uh, mm-hmm. and so one of those one of those ways is how they have the um, what's interesting is a lot of the tombs are aligned to north, like the cardinal directions, like they're they're aligned very very. To like a North Star, like yeah, like they're they're very accurate, very accurately placed so that they align to the cardinal directions, uh, you know, north and south, east and west, and like how they put those down is absolutely mind-boggling that they were they're so accurate on some of these, and then they do have some under investigation. You have some things that don't line up so well. Well, until you change where they point then sometimes it might seem like they were maybe planning ahead for something else. But we're going to grab a quick beer. We'll be right back. So now you have these, all of these uh, mausoleums, which are aligned in a very precise manner in the cardinal Mm -hmm. directions of uh, north, (laughs) south, east, and west. Uh, So you have a scientist by the name of, I'm going to butcher this, it's like, Giolio Magli is an Italian archaeoastronomer. Giolio. It could be Giolio. I'm yeah, I'm probably butchering. Let's that, go with Giolio. So Giolio uh, used satellite images in order to uh, analyze the spatial and cognitive relationships between the mausoleums of the emperors and the royal family members of the Western Han, Han Chinese dynasty. And what he discovered is something really interesting is that about half of these monuments were actually were, were aligned precisely to true north. But also there were a select few others that had a slightly different pattern of orientation and we're off by nearly 14 degrees. So hmm. the question is, why are, why do you have so many, you, you have more, you know, half of these things are aligned precisely true North boom, nailed it now. And then the other ones are kind of like slightly off. Like, did they just, well, 12 degrees happened? is pretty far off actually. You would think compared. Yeah. To, so we're, we're talking true North to like, Whatever, twenty five hundred years ago, right? Magne- yeah, magnetic north because um, around this time, like in, in the during the Han Dynasty, they had invented the they had the lodestone compass. Like the the compass was a, a known technology and it was used. So you know, to magnetic north, that's where it was. These ones were uh, aligned to. Oh, not to well, astronaut. Well, they might have been. They might have been. They some of them are actually. Yeah, I think they're aligned to whichever kind of star was in that area since our records, like when we point to, you know, at the time some of these were built, this might've been a different star. See, and my, I kind of, my brain jumps to that perhaps that these 
ones that are all like precisely, they had some assistance from some outside force, you know, guiding them of exactly how to build them and then, uh, and giving them, you know, just how to build these giant structures so precise. And then when we've lost contact with whatever helped them, the rest were just them trying to wing it from memory kind of thing. They're like, right. looking at the horizon, like, I think it was that way. It's got to take away from human accomplishments, eh, pal? Yeah. <laughs> it's got to. Well, it's, uh, it seems like <laughs> some are aligned to like, you know, to astronomy, like to a North Star. And some it may almost seems like then some are aligned, yeah, to a magnetic North because magnetic North, we know, drifts like quite a bit. Right, it can it oh, like yeah, over it, it yeah, varies like can, it, yeah. Well, it, it drifts quite a bit per year, so over a thousand years, like that might that would make up for like a twelve degree difference. Right. If like you chose if you chose a star that like, and your compass aligned with that star, and you started building to that, but then an, another dynasty built you know hundreds of years later or whatever to a to them to their compass. Now that's a whole completely different star. So like that, that would like that'd be twelve degrees. Right. Well, so I, I think, yeah, a lot of people don't realize yeah. that, you know, Polaris, like our North Star, is not exactly the only North Star that we have. So, like, in, for example, like in 3000 BC, you would have had a star, you know, that aligned with our North mm -hmm. called Thuban in the constellation Draco. Like, that would have been the North Star. And then Polaris didn't actually become the North Star until about 500 AD. And it is till like another hundred years and then it starts to drift out again. Right. So there's like in a couple, like, I don't know, it's going to be a, a, a long span of time. Like the next one, I think it was like, I heard mentions like Vega. I think Vega is going to be our next like North Star or something we'll like be, that. Well, he'll be right in the middle of North Stars for a while. You're going to have to make a guess. <laughs> you just, you're going to have to pick one and you're like, you're going to be off either way. Eh, that way. That's hit or miss. I think it's like, I think they said until 2102 is when Polaris, Polaris will be aligned directly to North, like oh. until that time. Right. And then it might start, and it'll start kind of drifting off. But so we have this um, instead, like, so you had these, you have these ones that are aligned, which may have been uh, aligned to like a certain star or a certain direction. Now, some of these that when Giolio went through the data and like looked at these, he figured out that it appears that a set, the set of slightly off monuments <clears throat> uh, had been aligned to a star where the pole uh, would have approached in the future. And Polaris, oh, the North Star. So, so they had actually predicted like where the star was going to be, and that's where they built the ones that are slightly off. And on and that exact date, when you open the door to the pyramid, all the energies of the ley lines of the worlds combine. All the pyramids connect together in one giant electrical grid. So yeah, I don't the, know what the, happens the, after that, but. <laughs> So uh, Chinese culture, uh, back then ancient Chinese culture was familiar with the the concept of, uh, and I think most people are now since it's kind of been popularized, but feng shui or geomancy, uh, some people call it. And so- That's where you like put your couch and like some plants and- some and good feng so shui. It looks, so it looks, looks nice in your room. Right. So, uh, you know, and there's still, there's still aspects of feng shui, which are used today in modern construction, uh, of, of buildings in China and other, uh, East, uh, Asian countries. Uh, and so you have, um, uh, which I found out that there's actually two forms. There are actually two forms of feng shui. There's not just the one. Um, apparently there's one called form feng shui. And then there's another, there's like a form school. And then there's another one called compass school and form mm -hmm. school. The original one, that one would be 
they used to align structures and they would they would cast them in auspicious locations according to the formation like the land formations within that so i think uh, some of like the auspicious things that they would use so you'd want um the best places to build like a, a tomb or something or, or a, a city or something you want to put it with a mountain to the north and then you would have, and then also like a large river on the south side. Like that was like one of the best places that you could put one of these, uh, like a, a building that you consider, you know, to have a consecrated building. And then, but the thing is that form school uh, preceded the compass school because once the lodestone, once the lodestone compass was invented and they realized like that's, that's the actual north, like that overtook it. And then they kind of, put out the form school and then compass school took over and then aligning, you know, since aligning things to the cardinal points became a lot more easier, uh, you know, according to that. So then that became the way, you know, that overtook the, the, the dominant, uh, methods of construction at the time. Yeah. Hmm. It's cool. It, it's fascinating to me that they would have the foresight to like plan ahead and be like, well, we know this is going to drift. And so we want to be able to, you know, point to Polaris in the future because we know that this is, they had that knowledge, you know, even back then. It, it To me, it, it's just fascinating. It's mind-boggling that they would ha- have that kind of understanding. Yeah, I mean, the, the Han Dynasty and a lot of the other ones, like they had extremely developed astronomy charts, like star catalogs, like they, you know, map out in the entire night sky and like the movements of like track the movements of scars. Uh, that's one of the things that a lot of archaeologists remark and I find remarkable about like Chinese records and things is like, they were very good at keeping records. Like the, the, they were preserved their things. Like a lot of them, you'll see those types of, uh, like the scrolls that are made of like individual, like bamboo sticks, like little bamboo, yeah. like planks. And they kind of mark out all that stuff, but they had tons of like writings on you know, the astronomy, alchemy, uh, science, like, you know, all of that kind of geography and all that kind of neat stuff. So there's a lot of cool records that we, a lot of cool stuff that again, yeah, it's like, there are a lot smarter people are a lot sharper back then than we kind of, you know, we assume sometimes. Yeah. We always like think of humanity as just like a straight line progression. Like, Oh, we're this smart now. So back then they, there's no way they could be, that. but in many things, you know, they're better. <laughs> they're better at things. Like with like you take away all our modern technology, like we're we're nothing. Like, and these guys were doing all this stuff just by like doing the the long hand, the long form way, watching night in night out, marking it down for hundreds or thousands of years, and then like passing that on. Now, if never I, been lazier as a people. No, now, now if I don't have my start my star chart app and I go looking at this guy, I don't know what anything is. Like, what's <laughs> yeah. up there? Like, I'm just, I mean, hmm. back then it's like it's your job, you know. Like these, I mean, you had entire you would have entire like organizations just dedicated to these things. So you're watching the night sky. I mean, we don't have t- they didn't have TV back then. They didn't have any of the kind of distractions that we would you know the things that we would consider distractions. It doesn't today, take a lot but, for me to be distracted to not <laughs> do this kind of work, honestly. <laughs> But but when but to them this these kinds of calculations and these kinds of records like this stuff was like your entire you know for emperors and and you know uh, temples and the religion like your 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 legacy depended on this your your country's your country's entire you know uh, success landed on some of this stuff so I mean them keeping records like it doesn't see, keeping good records would be just kind of a it, I think it would be a matter of course of these kinds of things and it, it's interesting because I always think that. You know, perhaps, you know, we talk about, 
you know, ancient civilizations that may have been wiped out in, in cataclysmic events and stuff like that. And Zell, you brought up that, like, you know, if something were to happen now, like, what would we do? And there would be an instant, like, change if uh, surviving, if there was a cataclysmic event now, there'd be, a, there'd be an instant, like, push towards, like, we need to long form this stuff on a way that we're not going to lose it. And that needs to be our focus because we're, we will lose this technology. Like this technology can fall to the wayside. We need to have this stuff written down, etched out, passed on. And to me, like when I start to look at these ancient civilizations that do just that, it, it, it kind of makes me think to like, you know, Hancock's theories and Freddie Silva's theories about like an ancient civilization that passed this knowledge on. And they're like, you need to, you need to do these things. You need to write it down. You need to take records because it can all go away so fast. I mean, we have, <clears throat> like, we're a very digital society, but we do have, like, paper records. It's just, like, if the en if our energy grid went down, because everything we do as far as society is based on energy creation, like, you know, just food, treating water, sewage, all the stuff that, like, makes us be able to live in mass society, gone. And then if that goes and, like, society starts crumbling and then the the electrical engineers dwindle and there's not enough of them to keep grids going. And then fucking Braden picks up a book, Electrical Engineering 101, How to Build a Turbine. He's like, I don't, nope, doesn't matter. Dead. We're all dead. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, it's yeah, it's really cool. It's cool to think about like how, how smart people were thousands of years ago when we give, like, they're just they're building mud huts, but they're also tracking the entire heavenly bodies for thousands of years, and, and then and then judging the future of where they're going to be and building buildings to that. I mean, I'm yeah, not even building a mud hut though. Like, that's fucking <laughs> talking right. And there's just looking at the stars. Yeah, making those predictions based on the knowledge they have. They're like, okay, well, this this is what is likely to happen. Like we were running out long form simulations through just thousands of years of <laughs> yeah. stuff we can do now on computers very quickly it's mm -hmm. it's it's weird to see that like that was that was the, what we did day in day out was just like all right it moved just a move the point just a little bit there it goes oh it's back again yeah mark it down <laughs> so the um uh, you know going back to you guys talking about how we uh you know number one uh, humanity like the way we develop knowledge is not exactly a straight line like how things develop and then things also like how we share knowledge like how how it is crossed you know some ideas and concepts either time to cross there there's there's a theory that perhaps that contact between east and west maybe happened like a lot sooner than we think it did i mean we're finding out you know, just now that, you know, how, how, how long Vikings were actually in the North Americas or, um, you know, there's still, there's, there's a couple of academics and scholars that are kind of pushing for, you know, the, the Chinese the arrived and some of the, Newfies. um, yeah. uh, arrive, you know, Chinese arrived in the Americas before then, or around the same time or sooner than we, than we previously thought. There is an interesting case with a group of mummies because we're talking about pyramids, so you might as well talk about mummies too. So there are actually Chinese, a set of Chinese mummies that were discovered uh, mostly in the 1990s and uh, had been... Uh, Brendan Fraser helped dig them up. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, which were actually outstandingly preserved and intact despite being dated to about 4,000 years old. And they had actually been naturally preserved very well by the desert air in the area of Xinjiang. Um, 
in the Tarim Basin area of China. Now, when they analyze the DNA of these mummies, uh, and they actually sequence these genomes of these very well-preserved mummies, they found out that their analysis suggested that remains did not actually belong to newcomers like they because these the features on these mummies were very different from what you would consider a being a, a native uh, uh china like the the chinese and, and their facial features and, and their hair colors were different right they had a i think it was like this some of these mummies had like red hair which is very rare uh in the, those areas of china it's like something you wouldn't see and their features like some people remarked that they looked remarkably you know similar to more like a, a european or caucasian uh uh, uh human <laughs> I guess. Uh, and so you had the, um, uh, when they sequenced their DNA, they, you know, they thought that perhaps these people um, had maybe come over here. Like they, there's this kind of, there's also a rumor of like a lost Roman legion or something like this, but that's 4,000 years ago. It's a long time. Um, you had this idea that perhaps these people had kind of migrated over here perhaps, but what they actually found out was that this local group of, of, uh, of residents there were actually descended from an ancient ice age, Asian population. Mm-hmm. Like that was, had been native to the area. Now these, that the, these mummies showed no signs of, uh, like admixture with other groups, like complete, like they, they, they hadn't mixed with any other groups in that area. And Racist. they were, <laughs> and they were direct <laughs> descendants of a group that apparently had been quite widespread during the Ice Age, but mostly disappeared at the end of that area. Nordic aliens. 10,000 years aliens. ago. Nord- Nordic aliens. Makes sense. I get it. Um, when you see I mean, the redheads and stuff, I mean, we do get descriptions of Nordics like that, but it's mostly blondes. See, my I was thinking before, too, is that like, you know, before you said that the genetics showed they're the local, I was like, you think these people with the, that kind of rare like hair color and stuff would be revered and sought after? I just think about like when I've gone traveling with Zell anywhere, and it's like if we run into any like, you know, Chinese tourists or or Indian tourists, they're like all wanted pictures with Zell. I was having to take pictures with Zell and all these families all the time because of his blonde hair. Like they just thought he was just like blonde hair and a blonde beard. And then look look, at it's the the Aryan race right here. It's perfect. Look at this dummy. (laughs) Look at this idiot. Just take a picture with him. And then I take a picture. Oh, it's an albino. (laughs) (laughs) He's so rare. He's so he's so white. Oh my god. And they look at their camera and there's no. It's just a picture of them, right? (laughs) You guys walked away. (laughs) What what happened? What magic is this? Little did they know. Uh, But I like it, it. Does seem like we've heard. Some descriptions of like redheaded, like Giants. hybrids, right? Of like aliens, but it's it's interesting that this they wouldn't inter like kind of venture out or like interbreed with any of the other you know people in the area. To me, that was kind of weird. I'm like, it, it seems strange that they would just unless they were like another race, perhaps of like an alien being where they're like, no, we're not messing with Isn't humans. That- that's not that strange from back then, though. There wasn't a lot of intermixing like that. There was no, there was no like Disney oh. tale of like F- Romeo and Juliet, the two <laughs> star-crossed lovers. Yeah, one from the red-haired, <laughs> half-alien race, one from the local population who fell yeah. in love. Families None fought. Of that. They both took poison berries, and down they went. 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, now we haven't found that story yet, but write it, write it, yeah, write that write movie it. right there. Copyright, hey. copyright, att twenty twenty two. Where art thou, red hated alien? <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, and there's there's a couple other interesting little pieces of it as well because they're saying that the 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 kind of ethnic group that they were descended from are usually referred to as the ancient North Eurasians. And they're a, a hunter gatherer population that survive only fractionally in the genomes of present day populations, which include the indigenous people of Siberia and the Americas, which had the cool. highest known proportions of interesting. that. That's, That's crazy. Those pieces That's super of fucking interesting. And then the, another strange thing they found was that in the bear, like it's it's unclear. It's still unclear as to why that these mummies were actually buried with boats that were covered in cattle hides and oars uh, near their head, which was a, it's a rare practice. Like where they lived, they they lived on a shore of an oasis at the time, which would have been there. But there's no reason for them to have these boats, and they said that it's not a it's not a normal practice for that area. Like it's not where they would do it. And the only t- only other kind of places that you really see these kinds of things, they said it's it's really best Vikings. associated with Vikings. Yeah. That's oh, so strange. That's rad, cool. So how did this seemingly misplaced like culture end up here? And why are they buried with boats that you wouldn't normally... Lizard. Ancient Chinese Vikings, man. Because they came when the sea levels were higher during the Younger Dryas. They ended up stranded in this center plateau. They couldn't get out. When they died, they... Um, they put their boats with them because they thought in the afterlife we can go home. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> that, I mean, <laughs> you, about right. You, you pretty much summed And then that. the, the remaining theory. ancestors wandered the woods and they made their way to Siberia. They made their way over the land bridge into North America and down. And that's why Built you see Chinese pyramids. Yeah. Boom. This one, this one group of people cracked it, I think. Now, okay. is it, they've only found these four or how 13 mummies? Like it's, it's, we really haven't found more than that. Like, it's just like, I'm because my head was like, you know, is there more of this culture that was around this time? Or is, could that like the, the 13 is like from the articles I looked at, like, it's not that many, but it is 13 is a lot of mummies. Like yeah. <laughs> that's no, a no, lot no, to I, find. I get, but yeah. it's like, I'm trying to think of like, <laughs> okay, we're, we're the, if those, if they were mummified and buried, like how many more, like we're sustaining that portion of that, say culture of this weird Viking culture in the middle oh, of man. A valid nowhere. question. You have to go back and look at what the, um, I mean, these, these mummies were discovered what they said the 1990s. So yeah, I assume like I there's so still, there's still study going on. And I it, like, it's kind of, it's kind of in an out there area. So it's I'm not sure how many people get Too bad there. that one of them wasn't Persian. Cause then it could have been the 13th warrior. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dope ass movie. Um, so now we also have, and we, I think we've talked about this either on After Hours or we've talked about it on things, but we talked about the, um, the discovery of yes. the dragon, dragon man. man. What up? <laughs> oh, he's owning it. He's owning it. Uh, the ancient Braden's ancestor, Dragon Man, or yeah. also known as Homo Longi, which has been long being the, the Chinese word for dragon. So I wanted, that's what I want to be called from now on, Homo Longi. Forget so the homo longi. <laughs> the uh, the story actually goes back about the discovery of this this really 
disproportionately large skull that they found. And, and it was all in the news like last year. I take year. it back. Homo log um, is too long. Just homo is fine. <laughs> Shorten it. Uh, uh, the discovery of this, this skull that had popped up. So almost 90 years ago, you had Japanese soldiers occupying uh, areas of northern China and they forced one Chinese man uh, uh, like a force of Chinese me to help build a bridge across the Songhua River in Harbin. Now, apparently, when his supervisors weren't looking, he found a remarkably complete human skull buried in the riverbank, and he actually noted, like, he took notice of it because of its. It, it, it was big, like it's large. It is uh, not a normal size of of uh, of human skull. And figuring this thing had some type of value, he managed to smuggle it out and hide it. And like, it, so it was kind of buried for just, a, his his sweaters just stuffed as he's walking walking out of the job site. It's just enormous, <laughs> huge gut. He's just like, oh, nothing to see here. Yeah. And so he kind of, he, he buried it or like, what was it like in a well or something? Like he put it in a well and then on his deathbed, he kind of told his family about where it was. And this was like a couple of years ago. And then they went and got it and pulled it out. And uh, it was, it's, it was like a, a world shattering kind of find. Like it's one of those things that, uh, it, like, was it, they had like three papers written about it. Um, and they, like the the Chinese paleontologists that were studying the skull, uh, uh, like the team wanted to call it a new species, Homo longi, like it's its own thing, Homo erectus, Homo neanderthalus. It's like it's like they wanted it to be its own. They said that it is different enough to kind of classify it as its own species. The proportions of the skull, it seemed like it had more like rectangle eye sockets, much bigger molars. It seemed like it's yeah, it seems like a. Big fucking teeth. Big fucking chompers, chompers. man. (laughs) So they thought it's either its own species, like own offshoot of like a hominid, or perhaps the mythical Denisovan, which seems... Denisovans. 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 Denisovans? That's how they say it. Yeah, because that's... Denisovans? Denisovans. Because it's Russian. Denisovans. Okay. Well, whatever it is, Den. I've always heard Denisovans. Whatever it is. Because they've only found before a molar and like a piece of a finger bone, mm-hmm. but they know there must have been they must have been up in this area, you know, right. building they, perhaps building megalithic structures in Russia. We've talked about some of those giant ones. They're like these. Some people say they look natural, and some people say like, oh, these look like like built by giants. Some <laughs> some people claim like maybe th- this offshoot of like a hominid is just like a bigger, stronger, more badass, even even bigger and stronger than a, like a Neanderthal. Right, more hardy species than than the Neanderthals who are- Just you know, dumb be, as hell though. Well, or, we, or maybe, no, no, we don't know. We don't even know Neanderthals are that dumb because they have actually yeah, have a bigger brain culture. capacity. They had a bigger stuff, like, yeah. like uh, a bigger brain, like brain cavity than yeah, we do. I think we're learning more about like the Neanderthals were a lot more developed than we thought they were at this point. It just seems um, like we were more adaptable and therefore- just trying to flex because on people trying to be smarter than them. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when they moment. when they dated the skull, so the pretty much like the extent that they've got to studying this skull as, as far as like stuff that's been published is that it, it seems that they've they've dated the skull from about one hundred and thirty eight thousand to three hundred and nine thousand years 
old uh, somewhere in there. So giving it kind of like, and then they kind of used another series of dating called Uranium Series Dating on the Bone and gave it a minimum age. So somewhere right, like 146,000 years. So like when they look at it, they say that it can't be homo sapiens just because it's, it's got these large square eye sockets, like the thick brow ridge. It's got a big wide mouth and the huge molars. So just looking at it, they're like, this can't be a human. They haven't, they haven't sequenced any of the DNA yet. They haven't. um, I think they're still trying to kind of figure out like how to preserve it, how to, how to do that without completely destroying what, could perhaps be if it is a Denisovan, and it's the first complete skull we've ever found of that yeah. species. So why do they call it a dragon skull? Like the dragon well, man. Well, because they call it Homo longi because it's longi is is long is the Chinese word for dragon. Oh it's, okay. It's fucking cool too because like if you I can't remember where I heard it, but like you know the story like Fuxi, like the he was the first of the three sovereigns of uh, ancient China. And he was said to have had like the lower body of a reptile. Oh, so maybe he, that's the he same was screen. a man, or was he a dragon? Dragon, or well, maybe we don't know. or maybe he was a reptilian, just a dragon, or maybe he was a dragon man. Dragon man. Well, because he had the upper body of a man, or maybe he was. Did well, he? And, did he burninate the countryside? Trogdor! <laughs> we don't, we only have a skull of this thing, right? So it's like, which is a lot. Like the Denisovans, we only have the, the like Cell said, we've only got, got like two, teeth, like two a couple of teeth bones. and a finger yeah. bone. Yeah. Right? So what I'm saying is that like if ancient legends say like this thing had like reptile lower half, it's like, Maybe this is the upper half. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is the upper half. Right? This is twin brother right? that has the other yeah. half. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon legs, right? Who knows, yeah. right? It's it, it's an it's an interesting thing thing to think about and, and wild that these, you know, one hundred and forty six thousand years ago, you had this completely different, like hominid, fucking terrifying. Around, right? Imagine that, that dude. Huge. That dude would be fucking terrifying. Yeah, just like palm your head, just like oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we would have been their little slave race. Like, don't hurt us. Yeah, absolutely. Don't hurt us. I mean, yeah, it's it's we're we're finding out all kinds of interesting stuff like all the time, and it's like it, we're, we we the more we find out, you know, originally, like the idea was like you know humans had like a very straight evolution, like we went from one to the da, 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 and now we find out that it's just like our they always say like it's not it's not like a tree it's more like shrubbery it's just like everything's all the branches are all mixed together everything's all going all weird and that we were not the like homo sapiens weren't just by themselves for a really long time like there was a point in history where there were five or six uh, to our knowledge right now five or six different types of hominids like you got you know the denisovans neanderthals homo florensis like Couple other ones, like he had a whole bunch of different ones. We had a worldwide, was a worldwide battleground between hominids. Is what it was. I mean, it could be simpler than that too, though, because maybe, like, maybe this is, this guy was part of an ancient, advanced civilization, and let's say he was in a battle and he lost his arm, you know, and he was, you know, he was. He's also a scientist. So, you know, he lost his arm. He's also a scientist. Okay. This is great. This is great. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So he loses his arm, but he's also a scientist. And so he hates the fact that he lost his arm, but he wants to incorporate it into his life's work. So he tries to alter his DNA. So he tries to alter his DNA with an animal that is known to regrow limbs. 
So he chooses a reptile. And then there you go. You got, you got your ancient Kirk Connors right there. The lizard. That's it. That was a simpler explanation. <laughs> that, I was kind of. I agree. I agree. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of thinking that maybe Much even simpler. if you think about that, these maybe these Homo longi and stuff were maybe they're like the tail end of the last ancient civilization that we didn't know, and maybe they were more intelligent than we know, and they just like it. This was just one of the last relics of their <laughs> civilization that was destroyed, right? And they were scattered around, and and. You know, it's we just don't find these things because they were there was a cataclysmic event that wiped most of them out at this time. So they were they just wandered whatever left as hunter gatherers kind of things until they eventually just couldn't survive anymore. Like there were just wasn't enough of them. It'd be the same as us. They just didn't have the skill set to completely survive anymore without their you know their civilization and their groups, and they just slowly withered away. Well, yeah, we don't we don't really know like so maybe they were, you know, they were the dominant hominids on this planet, you know, before the last glacial like glacial period. And then as that came over that their territory was slowly glaciated and maybe they didn't have as a robust like, you know, like humans like we sweat and expel heat really well, but maybe the other hominids didn't and they couldn't really move that much farther south. <laughs> they, just, they all panted. They all fucking panted to death. <laughs> No, but I'm saying like maybe they weren't as adaptable. Maybe they're they were just all beat red all the time. <laughs> Once they get to about, you know, 45 degrees south, they just can't. They can't yeah. live that far. Like summers are too hot. They maybe they don't sweat the same. Like they couldn't, they're like, they were, they were adapted for northern, like those northern yeah, climates. I mean, you imagine like our strongest, like for, at least for Homo sapien, like our strongest hunting technique is just persistence hunting. Marathon like you have hunters, to, you yeah. have to travel over long distance. Like we're just really good walkers and, like, and runners. You know, long and distance so runners, if you can't, yeah. yeah. If you can't do that, if you can't do that to the, the best of your ability, you know, you're, you're overheating in these long distances that you're, you're hunting your, whatever the, the, the local prey is then. Yeah. Like you, it, you wouldn't last long in those areas. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Well, just think of like, I try to think of like, even like looking at Gobeki Tepe and stuff and how it's like, you know, there's still a lot of mystery around that uh, site and how it looked backfilled. Now I'm not saying that there was Homo Longi involved there, but I'm like looking at that as the, you know, the birthplace of agriculture. Obviously agriculture was known practice before predates what we currently think. And, you know, if that was the case with Homo Longi, well, maybe they did have some farming practices. And when that was gone, it's like, yeah, they weren't suited to hunt. Like they weren't suited for that, that, that adaptation to like run and pursue and, and live in warmer environments. They're just like, can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> it's a gentle species. They just don't want to harm anything. Hmm. Peaceful. Or maybe we inhabited those warmer regions. And when they start tried to move down, we just wiped them out. Yeah, we're like, get out of here. Yeah, these things are fucking weird looking. Get out of here, big head. <laughs> Square eye. Yeah. You know, we, or we, we invited them in and, you know, just... Lift these big blocks. Stuff, stuff happened. Spread our disgusting <laughs> we disease. We bang them out, died off. Bang them out of existence, what you're saying. Because we do we do have what a lot of people there's, have like... Yeah, there's still parts of our genome that they're like Neanderthal. belongs to a hominid somewhere. Some now, that'd be interesting X. to find out though is like... Hominid X. If now through this, like these big, big genome projects, you know, if they found like, oh, there is these like two types of 
genes that must be from a prior hominid, kind of like a Neanderthal, but we don't really know. Like, it'd yeah. be interesting to know if like that's there been is. Discovered. I mean, there are. I th- I think there's like one or two like sequences that they're like we're pretty sure that these are from another. Something these are from a hominid. Else. Like these, are, we got them from somewhere, some hominid, and we're we're just not sure yet. Like what it's it is. Insane so, to me that that's this is the only evidence of it. Like a like you said, like a finger bone, and now the skull potentially. Like that's fucking wild of an entire species. That's all we have left. Well, yeah, potentially you know, one hundred forty six thousand years ago, this skull. still well, we have older shit skull, though, right? Right? Yeah, not really. I mean, if you, I mean, you have these. I mean, where they died were like in caves and stuff. So that's, I mean, there's other animals that would come in there and they well, didn't, we, from what I know, we don't bury our dead most of the time. Like, you know, it's, we, it could be. We've talked about so many times before, like fossilization is not an easy thing. It's got to no. happen under the perfect circumstances. Even though we have a lot of stuff. I mean, fuck, like you dinosaurs and so many dinosaurs and other weird creatures that lived on this planet. Well, I don't know, um, man. I listened yeah. to this Christian lady that told me dinosaurs aren't even real, buddy. They All grab right? a rock. She showed and me they, a whole YouTube video about it. I they take it. a rock. They take a rock and they chisel out something that looks like a lizard, and they expect you to believe that that's a dinosaur. That's some bullshit. The Earth is six thousand <laughs> years old. There's no dinosaurs. Get over yourself. Preach, preach, well, preach. And, and part of the thing that I'm I'm thinking too is that like you know you if you look up Homo longi and stuff, you can see that they have like a rendering of what we think it may have looked like. And you're like, you know, you can recognize it as like a, a human looking hominid of some kind. You're like, okay, well, I, I, yeah, I recognize that. But my thing is- Right there, I'm, the lizard. Go, that's the like, lizard. That, that's it. That's Kirk Connors, right there. That's we also told took, you. like, we can be bad. We can be bad at predicting these things from skeletal remains. We're just doing our best guess. Like dinosaurs, we now know that most probably had feathers. And even though that like, you know, it's st- like still, if you get draw like, most of our depictions are still reptilian dinosaurs. It's like, no, they probably had feathers. They probably had bright feathers. <laughs> we're, we're all well, that fat kid at the just, in Jurassic Park. It, yeah, like, yeah right, that's what I'm saying. But it, it just costs more on the budget for rendering. They don't yeah. want to have to do all that work. <laughs> like all the like, CGI is, rendering they'd have to do for all the feathers instead of just using like lizard skin. <laughs> well, but here's the thing, right? We're looking at the skull and we're going, yeah, this is kind of like our skull. We kind of recognize this. Maybe it looked like us. Maybe it didn't. Maybe, yeah. Right? Maybe it didn't it, at all. Maybe it had like maybe. huge cartilage buildups around its fucking cheeks and had like a little it just like fell off. And like, <laughs> and like scaled, gone. scaled. Yeah, cartilage skin. wouldn't be there. It wouldn't It'd stay. Gone. I know, but you would have like, you'd be able to see like where it attached to the bone. Like, you, I don't think so. Not really know. for the nose. The, no, stuff. the nose no. just disappears. It's a fucking hole. In I know, your face. but you would know like there's stuff like attached there. Like, you wouldn't know. I don't, I don't know. think you know. No. You would have no idea if you saw a skull and you didn't have a nose yourself. You wouldn't go. I bet there was a protruding thing right here. <laughs> I That's don't know. Probably, you would probably like our best guess. You would look like you'd be like these things look like Voldemort. Hundred yeah, percent. These guys are definitely skeletal masters of the universe. <laughs> Nikini. Definitely. <laughs> Nikini. That's what you would assume. But, so, but like, what I'm saying I, is like I, maybe I've seen enough documentaries to like be. Like, I've seen enough documentaries for them to like re when they reconstruct like the faces of these things and they like take the certain points. Like this is where the muscle was attached to the skull. Like that they, they can yeah. tell those things for us. And what, yeah, and like in stuff that they already have example for though. I'd imagine, right? Yeah, but it's like that skull no is very. Yeah, but there's no indentations or anything. Like, there's nothing indicating on the skull that there was anything attached there. Like, that's just an yeah. No, you show like they can show like where the muscle was attached to the like where it would be attached to the bones, like where it would be attached. Muscle, like, but that, maybe, there is evidence maybe, to show maybe that. there's maybe there's cartilage buildup, and like your face doesn't look. So we have a skull with square sockets, 
So maybe just like we we think it might look like us, but it might just have like these fucking big Probably, ass. Yeah, I mean, like he could have scaly, he could have feathers. We don't know. <laughs> Birdman. Right? That's where we could are. Could be odd. Yeah, but could be Birdman. Could be. Feathers aren't scary enough. Homo pair of the feathers. <laughs> full scales, scales, full armored scales. scales. Yeah. Scales. Yeah. Dragon Man. Yeah. Burning aid in the countryside. That's it. Birdman. Powered by the sun. Bird person. Yeah, but Bird person. one more thing about fossilization. Attorney at law. <laughs> one more thing about fossilization of like ancient hominids. Good chance they built next to water, rivers, you know, waterways like that. And we know like all, the sea levels of the world are five or 600 feet higher from probably the peak of their time, you know, like 200,000 years ago or whatever. So civilizations that thrive, like Neanderthals and stuff, there's not very many fossils because they're just buried like if we've only if you added up all the world's excavation sites for like for fossils for for all animals dinosaurs everything it's probably like you know a fraction of a fraction of a percent like there's so much stuff that's buried that we're, around, that yeah. we're just never going to find because there's no chance we can just go dig into every hillside every plain every valley there's it's not going to happen you, pretty well, much, you find these stuff by chance most of the time right like you're like, lucky, yeah. You find like a piece of pottery and then you start digging and then, yeah, you might find something here or whatever. But you're very rarely are you going to find like, just like, you know what? I think there is something here. I'm going to dig and oh, oh shit. There's a whole bunch well, of... That's like, there. it wasn't thought that dinosaurs were in, in, in British Columbia area. And then in like, what, 2007, hikers in Tumblr Ridge found were hiking a river, river and were like, hey, these kind of look like dinosaur tracks. Sure enough, they're dinosaur tracks. Now they found like a, Tyrannosaurus Rex in Tumblr Ridge. They're so like, fucking cool. They're like, they're really they're cool. Like, we we didn't even know these things would be around this area. We had no idea. We thought maybe they're not still there. Hell. Maybe they are. Deep in the woods, just lurk, just waiting. <laughs> yeah, just by. They got feathers. Down. They're just really small now. They just shrunk down. They're not the giant thirty foot carnivore. They they're, they're tiny. Yeah. They're now chickens. <laughs> they are now chickens, and we they evolved into people. Now I mean, we I watch them. Them. We all know the Mario Brothers movie is a documentary. <laughs> and that eventually everything evolves to look human. So and the queen is Bowser. <laughs> queen is Bowser. <laughs> they both they both wear crowns. Yep. Checks out. Anyways, the Chinese pyramids. I mean, they're not uh, they're not megalithic in nature, so it doesn't get me super excited. But they're really cool. The construction it, it of doesn't them doesn't get you megalithically hard. It's what you meant to say. You said it. But they're cool. Uh, they're so, super rad. Super like, rad. They're they are very neat pieces of construction. Like a lot of stuff went into it. We do have a lot of information about them. And um, we did talk about how they, <laughs> we we might not in the, like, the near future be able to see some of these. I mean, they have very, and, and it, 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 they brought up, the, I was watching one documentary and like they brought up a really good, and I actually saw like a, a actual kind of post about it. Cause you know, they were cracking open a couple uh they're cracking open those those mummies that they found. Like there was a couple, there was like a set of mummies they found in Egypt That's a bad recently, idea. and they were cracking them open. And you know, someone kind of asked, a, you know, on a forum post, and they were kind of talking about like, you know, why are we cracking these things open? You know, what, why can't we just like, why wouldn't you? Would you go to the local cemetery and crack stuff open and be like, <laughs> you know, like just to take a look? You know, and uh, I, I, one archaeologist uh, 
kind of remarked on that where it's like in China, like they have a very different, their, their cultural value system is very different from our kind of Western values about, you know, uh, ancestor worship, like how they revere their ancestors and things. Well, every, every kind of culture kind of has their own version of it. Um, theirs is very much like we, we're not going to do that. Like the, the royal families, the emperors, the first emperors of China, like they're very sacred and we're not going to crack those open. They have opened other ones. Like we said before, yeah. they've done like the princes and stuff, like other nobles, sure. they have no problem cracking those ones open, but the emperors and stuff, we might not get to see those in our lifetime. We might not see what's inside. Until they come back so, to life. Damn. Until they come back to life and, and start breathing fire. Until they're and reanimated and, and they're, yeah. We're, we're and, toast. Yeah. yeah. And start I mean, playing football with Yeti. Han Dynasty. <laughs> the return. 2022. Yeah. You, you thought COVID was bad. Just yeah. wait. I mean, Brendan Fraser is having a career revival. So, I mean, it's a cool topic. Let us know what you think. Follow us on socials. We always post uh, some stuff related to the episode on Instagram, Facebook. So, make sure you follow us there. Let us know your thoughts. If we miss something, tell us we're idiots. Point us in the right direction. It was fun. It's fun to look into. All right. Who do we got this week for a theorite of the week? Uh, this week's theorite of the week is Dylan Sellers. What does beauty do for us? Oh, man. he So Braden kind of compared himself to Sauron, clubbing that little gray oh, alien. Very, very inaccurate <laughs> representation. How many Absolutely. gray aliens could Braden fight? So <laughs> instead... Dylan put Braden's face on the dude from Doom. Doom guy. Doom yeah, guy. Doom guy. It's pretty badass. I really enjoyed it. There was a good runner up with the, the Sauron. He did Sauron himself, but Dylan came in first. With well, me he did, he, did his, awesome. he did Braden's face, but then he also put some grays on all the yeah, fucking little aliens around. <laughs> but I mean, Doom, you don't have to because they're aliens, right? They are technically aliens, but he put some yeah. alien gray faces on them. So. I mean, they're demons. They're, de- demons. they're technically demons. Know. They're from the hell dimension. Yes. I never played it. But. Demons are aliens though. So, you know, it depends. Depends what lore you're going with here. But yeah, it was great. And then the runner-up, yeah, put him as Sauron. Uh, we were we would have gave that one, but it was second. Daniel Barton Edwards, I believe. It was second. Runner-up. Yeah. All right. And if you're not supporting the show, want to support your boys, your favorite podcast, you know where to go. Alientheorist.com. You can find the links to the Patreon, the Supercast. Get all the bonus stuff early and ad-free. This week's newest supporters. Got Taylor Linbaugh. Limbach, 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 I think. Limbach, Isaac, Saley, Jordan, Kenneth Perry, Matt Lanning, Johnny Reckless. I think that's supposed to be Scott Lindquist. It's Scott Lindquist. Lindquist. James Reader. We got Eric Lashchuk, Bowman, Kaylee Welch. Clayton, a uh, year pledged by Brandon, uh, Craig Cozy. We got Braden Cantred and Briar Rideout. I don't think you spelled I think that. I think you said that right. It's, it's actually Craig Can't Read. Yeah. <laughs> Braden Cantred. <laughs> One more time. Braden Cantred. <laughs> Close enough. All right, thank you very much for supporting the show. And as we always say, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in After Hours.